You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 33 of BNI, The Australian Story. My name is Veronica. I'm here in the sunny, cloudy, sunny, rainy, and a little bit sunny here at Victoria, Australia, and here with our executive director, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, everyone. I hope you've had a great week. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things with Melbourne. It's just four seasons in one day, and that's what we get. But uh, just before we shout out too, just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to uh, our intro guy. I haven't for a few weeks, Paul English from My Video Story Productions, who is an executive director in BNI uh, New South Wales South, and uh, he's uh, done our intro for us uh, every week when we come in. So uh, thank you, Paul, and a big shout out to you. Thanks so much, Paul. We really appreciate that. We've had great feedback um, from people listening to the podcast saying how professional it is. They love the music and the intro. But, Brent, it's coming up to change of leadership and uh, and membership committee and chapters getting really excited about taking on new roles. It's been a year. So, you know, hats off to all of the people that have had roles for the last 12 months. They've done a fantastic job. They're getting a little bit weary now and they're getting really excited to be able to hand over the reins. So another great podcast today that's going to set up any new chapter leadership teams and uh, membership committees to go back up into the green and maybe hit number one like these guys. Yeah, so we've got another uh, chapter success podcast this week, which uh, we've got various members of a chapter is, uh, who have achieved real success, and some of them actually come from, uh, you know, come from an area you might find your chapter in right now, and uh, and built themselves back up. So we've got BNI Business Class here. Now BNI Business Class is part of uh, Rebecca Rad's region in Sydney Northwest, in the Hills District. So uh, big shout out to all the people in the Hills District there. Um, actually, one of my uh, my major sponsor in my motor racing is based in the Hills District, so shout out to Cable Source, good plug there. But uh, we'll do anything for sponsorship, us motor racing people. But uh, BNI Business Class, we've got uh, four members from the incoming team and the outgoing team, uh, and previous presidents. I think no, current presidents and uh, current team and a previous president. So we've got um, Martin uh, Baldacino. And also Cynthia Painter, David Gaver, I think it's Gaver, I hope I've pronounced that right. And also we have Darren Dean. So welcome everyone. So we'll just, uh, because we're on Zoom here, we can't all sort of talk at once because we're still doing this on Zoom from this. But um, the great thing is we can have people from uh, interstate join us and have a great conversation with those people. So we might start with Martin because you're just at the top of my list. So um, Martin, tell us a little bit about yourself, your uh, your business name, what you do. Uh, we know that you're the current president of this group, and how long have you actually been a member, and who, you know, what made you want to join? Definitely, thank you so much, Brent. Um, so my name is Martin Baldacino. Um, on my job outside of BNI is I'm a real estate agent. I own Century Twenty One, the Hills District. Um, I was, I guess, blessed that one of my mortgage brokers actually invited me to a chapter meeting. Um, at that point in time, I didn't know what a, a BNI meeting was all about or being a part of a chapter. And um, 
it was funny, the thing that struck, uh, struck me when I um, went into the room was there were quite a few other professionals that I'd either done business with or that um, I'd known of in the, in the industry. So it made logical sense for me to, I guess, join the chapter to expand my reach. Um, and I've been a part of BNI Business Class for two years now. Oh, great. It's like walking into a secret society and yeah. say, guys, why don't you tell me about this? What have Pretty you been much. doing behind my back? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Cynthia Painter here. So, Cynthia, can you tell us a bit about yourself, please? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. So my business is called Create Action Now. I'm a mindset, business and speaking coach. So I help people be able to share their message and grow their business through that reach and impact. I've been a member of business class since September 2017. And it was actually one of my business colleagues who said, you need to be in a BNI. It's a must do uh, for any business owner. And when I went along, I was I could see the possibilities, obviously, obviously the opportunities that were there, but the people, mm. I love the people. The culture really grabbed me from the beginning. And for me, the time slot re worked really well because it was the only chapter that wasn't a breakfast chapter. We're a 10 a.m. chapter. <laughs> and so logistically, I'm like, hands down, this works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And a bit of a point of difference, uh, like oh, I think this chapter was launched in 2016. We, we were predominantly... Uh, eat breakfast and with a scattering of a few lunchtime chapters because everyone originally thought if you had to, had to do B&I, you had to have a meal. But it's not yeah. the case. You know, we can meet any time of the day. Yeah. <laughs> have a coffee, whatever. And uh, we'll have uh, David. David, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Thanks, Frank. So David from uh, Omnia Business Solutions. So we're an accounting and consulting firm. And our um, industry in BNI business class is bookkeeping, which is the sole favourite business. Um, been around since uh, March 2019, so a newbie compared to my counterparts on the uh, leadership table. And I've had the pleasure to be introduced by um, the ex-president, Darren Dean. Uh, it was interesting. My firm was very, very young, you know, 18 months. And uh, he brought me along to a bunch of people that wanted to talk business and wanted to build business. Um, and really opened up my eyes to networking. So, you know, very blessed at that time that Darren actually, by chance, had a coffee with me and, you know, the rest is history, as they say. And uh, fantastic. And also, Darren, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Darren Dean. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name's Darren Dean. I am a, an equipment finance broker with a company called, my own company called Blue Fire Finance. Um, uh, I am the immediate past president of uh, BNI Business Class, and I've been there since um, March 2017. And uh, Darren, being the uh, past president, you probably know the history. Um, a lot of people will think BNI Business Class sort of meant it was named after being front of the plane, but that obviously wasn't the case. Nah, nah, it was uh, was dreamed up by one of the the first president's uh, son by saying. He said, he said to me, his son asked him, what are you doing, Dad? He goes, oh, I'm doing a, uh, a networking group and it's, we need to come up with a name. And he explained it. He goes, it's kind of like a business class. And that's where the name was born. So, uh, Great name. Yeah. So, like a business and, class of school, V. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, we've been to a, a, a function dressed up as a airline stewards and uh, captains and the like playing on that name. So, um, yeah, that's pretty good. And one of the reasons uh, that attracted me to join B&I Business Class was that uh, I'm a broker. 
so I don't get up before nine o'clock. So um, the ten thirty time slot was perfect for me. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> now, um, BNI Business Class launched in uh, September two thousand sixteen. It was a Hall of Fame launch, and I believe it might have even been the first one for the region. So for those people listening, a Hall of Fame launch is when a new chapter launches with over 35 members and it's recognised um, internationally through that as well. And the first non-breakfast chapter in the region, which was actually touched on. So uh, they actually launched with 30, uh, 35 members and uh, 36 to start off with eventually. But uh, after a while, I, s- I see things start to drop off a little bit. And usually... Sometimes when chapters launch with really big numbers, they think all the work's done and they think, well, and they're getting business, and the, but that business is not sustainable because they sort of take away from reflecting on the fundamentals. And we haven't got anyone here who's actually been here who was a, uh, who was a founder of that particular group, but it looks like over time, over the next couple of years, it, uh, the chapter dropped into the red in the chapter traffic lights and from, uh, and this is a horror story, from 36 down to 18 members. So virtually half the members went missing in the first couple of years. But um, from the way it looks, the, the chapter's actually embarked on doing the fundamentals again within their group and building things up. And now I'm glad to say that currently this particular chapter, business class, is number one in the region in, uh, and in the green, the traffic lights in, in Sydney Northwest. So... Um, I'll go over to Martin again. So why do you think your chapters achieved that success? Um, uh, I guess it's not one factor, but a combination of factors. Um, And the first, I guess, key part of that is it doesn't happen overnight. Um, It was essentially um, initiatives that Darren's leadership team and Darren himself actually came up with um, which I think he'll touch on in a second, which was his Operation Green, um, which started, I guess, getting to the fundamentals of BNI and operating the BNI system, not reinventing the wheel, but getting the basics done really, really well to help push each individual member into the green and then eventually our whole chapter into the green. Wow. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, Darren, would you like to tell us a bit more about Operation Green? Yeah. Probably started out as Operation Jumbo, but that didn't work. So um, Operation Green was just in regards to um, we had these traffic lights, um, but no one ever looked at them. No one ever really studied them. No one, no one, you know, no one had had a, had a good understanding as to how they how they operated. So we really um, took the time to uh, understand the back end of the, the traffic lights. I don't know if anyone, I don't know if everybody knows, but if you click on on the reports, it takes you to a secret page behind which shows you where you're at, what you have to do and how you're going to get out of the red into the green or into the yellow into the green. So we really pulled that apart for everybody and it really opened up their eyes when, because we had people sitting there saying, no, but I'm doing everything right, I'm doing everything right, I've done four, I've done four, I've done three, I've done whatever. But they were so far behind or, or otherwise that they needed to do ten to get back up into the green. And so it was a real um, eye-opener to how it worked, and then we uh, just focused on it from there because, um, you know, what gets measured gets, gets done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and that was before the Go for Green coordinator came along and um, whether that had anything to do with it, I, I, I don't think so, but um, we were a little bit ahead of our time in regards to focusing on that from our point of view. All oh, right. So the, the, 
the traffic light reports, it's like a bit of a balance sheet or, or a P&L sheet you use for your business to see your business is tracking. But the cool thing is you click on that link and it actually gives you a roadmap out of there if, you, if you're, if you're flailing a li- little bit in the, uh, in the business as well. So, Cynthia, um, what's your handle on this and why is, uh, what, what's the main things that you think the chapter's focused on to uh, achieve this success? Uh, there's a couple of things, as as both the guys have said. Uh, so, first of all, as you said, we launched as a as a Hall of Famer, and I think we did the same thing that most big launches do. It was just a little before my time. I came in a year after they started, but they had that bounce where they dropped the numbers, and that I think really started people questioning if they were in the chapter. And so then the next period when Darren came in, it was about resetting the foundations of how we operated. And we had been in red for like 12 months, two years, you know, getting into that. And so when we took over from what Darren had started, we were very much mindful of culture. We have been big on culture and all the leadership teams from before Darren, Darren's time and our time, have seen ourselves as custodians of the chapter for the members. So at the end of the day, we did a big cultural piece when we first moved into leadership this last 12 months. We're coming up to change over time, as Veronica said. And we asked them, what's working? What's not? What do they want to have? My background's cultural development. So we did a lot of that sort of piece and told them it's their chapter. It's not ours as a top three sitting in the in those seats or the virtual seats as it is now, (laughs) but it's their chapter and what did they want? And then we utilise that as we move through. I think the other thing we did with it is um, we talked about it takes time and what gets measured, but we didn't try and do everything at once. So we worked as a team across all the roles, education, membership committee, um, across VPs, all the roles, and we would sit down each month because we put in those uh, member success meetings and if you're not doing them, you're missing out. Like it really made a difference. We, we started doing those in our term and went, okay, what's the one thing we need to do? So for one month, it might have been attendance. Great, let's get attendance up because if they're not in the room, nothing else can really happen. We worked on attendance, worked on subs and took it from lots of different angles, but we were unified and we had built on the transparency that Darren had already put in place of sharing those stats. And it wasn't from a shame, but a feedback. How can we help? How can you partner with someone who's in the red or in the yellow? And what we found is that as more we tracked it, we began to get more people into into the green and we were moving in the chapter light, chapter lights, but it took a while before we, we got to anything other than red. <laughs> I think it was actually May this year. Oh, no, November last year where we hit yellow. We were so frigging excited because we had been looking at the bottom. We'd been on the bottom for year, two years humiliating and we're a little bit competitive so we um so those are things working with the culture i'm a bit because they're pointing at me because i'm competitive (laughs) (laughs) ah, yeah okay i'm the one but that's why i'm vp (laughs) so i watch the numbers and doing that and then recognition big thing on recognition we would track our thank you for closed business for example and when we hit targets, we have now hit our greatest targets. We've never made more money in a 12-month period than we have in this last 12 months wow. as a chapter. And every time we hit a target, it was, you know, 250, 300, 400, 500. We're almost on 600,000. And remember, we're a chapter of under 30. 
So we're number one in our region, but the top five, we're the only one under 30. So we've managed those little numbers and celebrated along the way. Yeah, and, you know, the numbers will come from that as well. And yeah. what tends to happen with the traffic lights from what I what I see over time, people think, okay, we've done one good month. We should be up there. It's not the case because you're making out it's, it's a six-month um, snapshot of the activity of the chapter. Yeah. So as what was said earlier by Darren, it's it's something that's it's been taken, you know, you've got to make up for those previous five months of, of, of not doing those things. So it's a it's a constant pro- prolonged effort to get up there. One thing I noticed with, uh, with chapters in the red, immediately you don't lose members. But after time as those members come up for renewal, the activity is not there, which means the business isn't there and it's not coming or a handful of people might still be getting some business but the majority of people aren't. And what they'll say is they'll look at it and go, well, I'm not getting what I joined you know, joined this up, joined up here for. I'm not going to renew. And uh, you'll see the drop-off. You know, the traffic lights come down first, and then if they stay down, you see the drop-off of members down the track. So, um, and obviously with your uh, with your efforts, and we've seen it with other chapters in our region, the first, uh, stay, um, the first part is getting up into the green, and then you get that culture, and that pride within the chapter, and people want to invite people and people want to be a part of it. So, you know, a positive culture in an organisation mm. like ours is really infectious. And I have to say, Brent, and, um, we have led with culture. So even when we were on the bottom of the table, month in, month out for years, we still focused on culture, our people's important, why were they there? And I think that's what you were talking about as well with when they come to renewal. We look at growth as a combination of visitor conversion, of course, but it's retention. Why are they there? And so our people number one, and the rest will come. Yeah, fantastic. So, David, uh, keeping a track of the numbers, how do you find that's really uh, really been important? Um, and being a bookkeeper, you'd love those numbers. Um, but <laughs> can you explain a bit about the importance of that within the cha- chapter and, and keeping track of that? Yeah, Brent, I think you hit the nail on the head right at the start when you, you used a word called balanced scorecard. Um From an accounting perspective, I remember coming out of university and being introduced to you know, recording and having a balanced approach to how you manage a team. And when I joined the team, I was actually when the team was at the, uh, or the chapter was at 18. So I was the 19th member. Um, I can say it was all all the way up from then and it could have been all attributed to myself. But um, <laughs> what I think you it is. Claim it. <laughs> uh, what I think it is, it's the quality of the chapter members. Um, quantity doesn't always. Uh, equal results sometimes. So we've got a really good set of quality members. Each one takes ownership of their numbers. Um, each one talks openly about their numbers. Um, and many a times the management committee, uh, sorry, the membership committee would turn around and speak to individuals who maybe were greater referrals, but not as good as uh, CU points or on visitors. And, you know, we'd all work together to make sure that every member was coming up with us on the green. Um, and, you know, Cynthia spoke about seeing, you know, these numbers always in the red. And when you bring it down to our chapter, I remember having quite a few members that were always in the red. Um, but, you know, taking the balanced approach and looking at each number individually, we could then measure how each individual required to change, whether it was more confidence in, in uh, inviting people, more confidence around talking about, 
you know, an open conversation at a barbecue about something and then going, oh, yeah, asset finance, yeah, I've got a person who's really good at that. We should have a chat. So I think it's about, you know, building on that culture, building on those numbers and just helping each individual meet its own target. And if each individual meets its own target, guess what? The whole chapter meets its target. So it was really good that uh, I came in at that bottom end and I saw the chapter really grow really quickly and really well. As Cynthia said, it was uh, November before we saw our first yellow um, and everybody was quite excited. So you can imagine when we got to green how excited everybody was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, now I'll, I'll stick with you. You can say you're the catalyst to it too, David, if you like. We'll, we'll, Thank we'll you. back you up on that. <laughs> so, Darren, one of the really things uh, that I see with you that you've said is the success is who you haven't got in your group rather than who's in it. So can you elaborate a little bit on that for us, please? Yeah, um, Glenn Anthony, who who was preceded uh, Rebecca Rudd, <clears throat> a bit of a Beanie legend. Glenn Anthony, he um, oh, good mate of mine too. We yeah. uh, we we play golf a fair bit, and we've been travelling a fair bit. I love Glenn; he's a really yeah. good mate. He's up there fishing up his back porch now, somewhere. Up yeah, I'm trying to get up to see him. I can't. Um, he said, uh, "Siri's just uh, answering me." <laughs> It's probably trying to call Glenn Anthony. <laughs> um, shut up, Sherry. Um, uh, Glenn Anthony said something along the lines of, uh, be careful who you let in your room. And it may, be, may have even come from uh, Eisner himself or something, but be careful who you let in the room because it's hard to get them out. Um, and, you know, uh, look, we've, we've had people come and go that, that weren't right for the group or right for b or right for networking or, or otherwise. And I've been on the membership committee for the last sort of year and a half or so, maybe two years. Um, it can't be two years, must be a year and a half. Um, uh, and prior to my presidency, I think it was. But also we we interviewed people and thought, you know, we talked about what – I tried to talk people out of it almost because if they don't want to buy into the investment, because people talk about how much money it is, and I say, well, Money's the easiest part. Money's the money's the easiest part to uh, come up with. It's the time, effort, and the commitment that um, uh, is the is, is the greater currency. So I talk about that currency of the time you have to put in, the effort, the the commitment. Um, um, and Rebecca Rad also has another saying, which is um, uh, encourage people to be successful elsewhere. <laughs> so um, you know, if they if they're not committed or not, or they or they don't seem to have. Uh, the right balance of what we're looking for. Not that we've had dozens and dozens of people knocking on our door to join us. I mean, it's just, it's really just the odd one, but it's, it's at the back of my mind in all conversations around uh, uh, what it's going to take because while other uh, uh, B&I groups might be celebrating getting to 50 or beyond 50, we're celebrating not having uh, the wrong people uh, in just to boost the numbers because you get them on a um, on the wrong premise to join, and then they they want to see this dream evolve, and that you sold them. And you know, I don't sell that dream. I, I almost sell the hard work involved to to get to that dream. And if they want to buy into that, then you know they they come along, and then we hold them accountable to it. Brent, I think that um, Darren's just touched on something really important, and I think uh, chapters need to be mindful when someone says no. It's actually a gift. They're actually saying to you. 
I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste my time, but thank you for the opportunity. And I think what we need to do is whenever someone comes to the chapter for a visit, just invite them to visit the meeting. Don't invite them to come and join because they might get their hopes up, put an application in, and then we're going to knock them back. So it's a privilege to be part of BNI. Just invite someone for the meeting. Once they've come to the meeting, follow them up and say thank you for attending and then ask them what they think at that point. Answer up as many questions if you can, but they do have to buy into the opportunity. They're investing in a system and a program. They're not, we're not employing them to be here and they're coming in here of their own free will. So once they're in here, they need to be absolutely willing to work the system. Otherwise, it lets everybody down. And um, it's just really fantastic advice. I can see why you've gone from red and into the green um, by just really focusing on those processes and working the system. And Veronica, a great example of that is that we have regional uh, events called Member Roundtable. I don't know if they're common everywhere. And I know the number of us have gone into our role-based ones and have come back and gone, oh, my God, have you heard all the problems they're having and notes are being given and formal warnings and we're like... We don't have a lot to complain about where our because we work in it, we work with our members, people first, and have the right people in there in the first place. It really does help. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the uh, one of the red flags too is someone who says, Oh, yeah, the first thing they say is, Oh, well, it costs a bit much to be part of B and I. Yeah, if you break it down, you know, our members seat value is over sixty thousand dollars a year across the country. Um, it costs around 20 something dollars a week if you break it down over that time that you that you're marketing your business with and uh, you know if they're worried about the, the the cost up front well or not being able to afford B and I do you really want a business in your group that can't afford can't afford a couple of thousand dollars um, you know to be a part of something like this and uh, they're probably not ready for it right now as well so you know those sorts of things are, are red flags and you know setting that standard and that culture and and keeping the people who you want in there who are going to help you succeed that you can count on for a long run uh, is much better than uh, letting people in the group um, if they pass the mirror test. You know what the mirror test is? If you hold a mirror up in front of them and it fogs up, they're in. You know, there's there's no sort of... uh, there's no, you, know, you get groups where there's no sort of standards. They're just in it for the numbers and they don't manage the expectations. You know, uh, the really important thing for people in groups is to manage their expectations up front and say, you know, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. You need to turn up. You need to work the system. And you know what? It might take nearly 12 months to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the harder you work it, the more success you'll get as well. So like they sort of need business. to... Like in, your own business, like in your own business. If someone comes into B&I and they think it's too hard, I always think to myself, gosh, I work this hard in my own business. So B&I is something that works parallel with me. If I can take some of that B&I and put it in my own business, it makes my own business easier. So yeah. I think that you, we just need to make sure that people see the benefits and that they want to buy into that opportunity. And if they're not, thank you for coming because every visitor brings value to the room, even if they don't join. Yeah, for sure. I, um, this has been great talking about the culture and your chapter's success and uh, it's been great having you guys on today. I might just go around the room. We always get a bit of a tradition of our podcast is always to get a, a, a success tip of everyone that they can pass on to the members who are actually listening to this. So we'll go around the room, start with you, Martin, again. What would your uh, success tip be for a member of B&I? It was a success tip for B&I and a success tip for business. Go back to basics. 
Back to basics. Like it. And uh, Cynthia? For me, it has to be people first, people centred. People first. Like it. Uh, David, what would yours be, please? It will have to be uh, stand by what you believe in, you know, what you do. Okay. And uh, Darren? Uh bit corny, but if it is to be, it's up to me, you know. Like, if you don't do what needs to be done, it's not going to be – no one's going to give you anything in B&I, so you've just got to – you've got to you, – you, you pull out what you put in. So, um, you know, you don't have to be in there for three years to be president. You were there for six months, put your hand up. Um, no one owns the group. Just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know – I think we've proven today, too, that that success doesn't happen overnight. So for those people listening who are coming in serving on the leadership team, uh, it takes constant uh, constant uh, goal, setting goals, reaching those goals, constant work, getting through to achieve what you want to achieve. And typically, sometimes that may take 6, 12, 18 months, uh, depending on the chapter. So uh, well done, guys. Congratulations on your success. And I'm sure your because you have this success now and the culture will be somewhere where good quality businesses actually want to go and your numbers will grow with that as well. So I'm sure you'll be, uh, when we see you next time around, you'll be well into the 30s and uh, and back up to that Hall of Fame status too. So thank you for coming on today. Thanks thank a lot. For Thanks for having us. So, Brent, I've just written down some notes, some little droplets of gold here. I've got chapter custodians. I love it. We're taking accountability for not only ourselves but our chapters, um, making sure that we get the foundations right. How important is that? You know, every house falls over if those foundations aren't right. It's exactly the same with a B&I chapter. Operation Green a shared goal, actually everyone getting together and making a real operation out of it so every single member can lift every other member up in the chapter and then what happens? They go from the red to the yellow and then, of course, the green. So just such an awesome podcast today and it just leads me to my question to you. Um, Obviously, I'm involved in launching a chapter at the moment and you shared a screen at one of our discovery sessions which I thought was really worth mentioning on the podcast. What kind of people do we want to be joining BNI? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's uh, there's a multitude of uh, multitude of people that we need. That could be someone, but the main thing, and I think I've said this before on the main thing on the podcast before, but there's um, there's three main things we're looking for when uh, we're getting someone into BNI, and the first one's attitude. The second one's attitude, and guess what? The third one is um, attitude. Attitude. People with the right attitude, no matter how successful they are or how new they are in business, if they've got the right attitude and they're coachable, uh, you know we can we can work with them. If they've got the wrong attitude to start with, it, it, it's not going to work, uh, and uh, no one's going to be able to build a referral relationship with the wrong person with the wrong attitude. They're not going to work in with our system because you need to be open minded with working with something like B and I. Because it is a system and it works if you follow it. And if someone's got the wrong attitude about it or refuses to do certain things, uh, parts of our program, they're not going to help you. They're not going to help themselves being involved. So we've got to get people with the right attitude to come in. And attitude uh, trumps uh, aptitude any time. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. And if anyone would like to know a little bit more about BNI, remember uh, there's uh – 
You can go to bni.com.au and you're going to have a look for chapters and you're more than welcome to come and visit a chapter anywhere uh, where you might be in Australia. You'll be made very, very welcome to see what we're all about. So, Brent, what is your success tip for the week? Well, mine's actually, I've stolen this one this week because I was part of the Restart the World event uh, tuned into that yesterday. And um, one of the tips was, especially coming out of COVID times, was to reconnect with your clients. So call them, email them, let them know that you're still there to help them. And who knows, you could end up with new orders from, from just opening up that conversation and touching base. So a really good time to get around. Um, we're all coming out of COVID hibernation, hibernation right now across the country. So, you know, good time to go and reconnect with those clients, see if they need anything, see if they need your help. And, uh, and that lets them know that you're still there and, uh, you know, you could get an order or two out of it. Pearls of wisdom once again. You've I stole that one though this week. <laughs> you raise the bar every week and we really appreciate it. So thank you to everybody who's been tuning in to episode 33 of BNI, the Australian podcast. Thank you to our producer, Steve, for ensuring everything ran smoothly and our guests, Darren Dean, Cynthia Painter, David Garva and Martin Valdicino. Thank you very much for joining us. I'll see you next time, Brent. See you, V. Thanks, guys.